Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children over the age of 21, welcome to episode 2 of the Hop Nation USA podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam, and with me are the same two gentlemen that you had heard in episode 1. To my right, as before, is Steve. Hey, buddy. Hey, Steve, what's new? We're here for episode two. We are here for episode two. We're going to talk about beer again. And sitting across from me is Adam. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing well. Happy to be back. Happy to talk beer again. We're happy to have you back. So in episode one, you heard us talk about beers for breakfast. Today, we are switching it up a little bit, and we actually decided to focus our tastings on an actual brewery. We chose Flying Dog Brewery, which is a brewery out of Frederick, Maryland. So without further hesitation, let's just jump into things and get into our first beer from Flying Dog. So Adam, what are we having? The first beer that we have today is the Numero Uno. It's an agave cerveza. It's a lager beer. Seems to be uh, brewed with agave nectar with lime zest added in for a little extra pep. Picked this up at a local six-pack shop the other day, so we're going to give it a try. I, I have never had it before. I don't know if you guys have ever tried it. Yeah, I've had it. I don't know if I've ever had a beer with agave in it. Well, that's an interesting ingredient. That is, that is. I, and I think I've seen them before. It's starting to come around a little bit more. It's becoming more and more popular in the last year or two. So let's crack this open. Let's give this a shot. Yeah, pour us up some brew here. So I wonder if this is a Mexican-style lager. Is that, is that what you guys are thinking? I mean, I, see, now I think... Because I'm not a Corona guy. No, no. I don't... I'm not sure if it's something common in Mexico... I've had Soul, and I'm trying to think, Tecate doesn't really do this either. Uses the uh, the agave? Yeah, yeah I don't think they do. And, well, I must say, the first thing that I'm noticing is it is really light, really clear. Oh, absolutely. This definitely looks like the kind of beer that you can drink all day long. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking through my glass right now, and I can see Adam across from yep. me through the beer. The so this is light. Right back at you. But it does have a fairly decent head retention on it. The head is, is a nice, foamy white. It's well carbonated, like, I get a lot of bubbles coming up from it, and again, back to the clarity, like, there's not a whole lot of other stuff floating around in it, mm-hmm. so it's very clear. Right off the bat on the nose, I don't know that I like what I'm smelling. I was going to say, I'm getting hints of, I'm not really smelling the, the lime or the agave. No, definitely no, but not I will say, I, I jumped line and I did try a couple sips, and there's a little bit in there. You can definitely taste a little bit of the lime in it. I'm getting a little bit of a citrusy nose, actually, now that I'm smelling it again. Well, let's just dive right in and see what it tastes like. See, to me, it's not bad. I can I can drink this on the back porch. If you're standing next to the grill, yeah, I think this is a good beer to be drinking. Yeah, and the good news is it doesn't taste like Corona, which is so that's great. Place. It is definitely yeah, not the worst <laughs> beer in the world. If you're looking for a comparison, it's definitely a, a, a bit, almost a little sweeter than a Corona. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting getting yeah. the sweetness from the agave, a little bit of the taste, a little bit of the lime. So it's definitely a Definitely sweeter. It's, it seems like it's almost somewhat of a mildly complex beer, I would say. So it's because you do get a number of flavors. Yeah, you, yeah. There are a number of flavors that are just all mixed in there, but you can kind of pull them out if you're looking for them. Like if you're looking for the lime, you can taste you the definitely notes. find it. Correct. You can taste the notes of that. And at four point nine percent, you definitely have plenty of opportunity to find it. Oh yeah, can, yeah. I'm pretty sure these are the types of beers you can drink all day long, no problem whatsoever. And according to the bottle, you can drink this beer without a beach. Well, we are accomplishing that right now. <laughs> yeah. It is we February in the Pittsburgh, beach. and we are nowhere near a beach. We are near a couple, couple of rivers, though, so if we do want to go swimming, we can just go jump in the mall. 
swim around with some of the Still river like monsters down there. It's too cold for that sort of polar bear plunge right now. Hey, man, I, this is definitely the kind of beer that you guys are saying that, but this is definitely the kind of beer you take on a boat with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this yeah. is a great beer for a boat. Yep, I absolutely agree. I enjoy boating, and I also enjoy water skiing. One of my best tricks while I water ski is drinking a beer, going down the river, toasting people <laughs> while I'm on water skis. <laughs> I have never seen that before, and now I want to see that. I've never done it with a bottle, because I don't want to have glass on me in the river, but right. I will do it with cans. Fair enough, fair enough. So I don't think you can get the numero uno in a can, but I know Flying no. Dog does do canned beer. Well, perhaps we need to write them a letter and see if they can start canning this. Yes. And then For the sole purpose of water skiing <laughs> and drinking water at the same time. Water skiing and toasting. That's all I really want if to they do. they run six cans of this stuff just to get to you so we can see this, Perfect. I'm for it. I'm absolutely for it. <laughs> I'll be back on the water skis. You guys can stay in the boat. I'll be doing the stone cold hand motions and you guys can just chuck beers off the back of the boat to me while I'm on skis. (laughs) It'll be excellent. We'll have a lot of fun with that. So hopefully by the summertime when that's actually a possibility, we can, uh, have some cans of the numero uno. Cause you know what we could do? I like it. We could, we could take the microphones and put them on a boat this summer. We can have our, we can have ourselves an episode on a boat. We could. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and if, and when we do that, we bring this beer with us. And okay. bring your swim trunks and your flippy floppies. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. We're going back. We're we're detouring a little bit. So what's what's new in the Berg, guys? Anything uh, anything going on that we want to talk about? I will say that the one, the one new opening that has been anticipated for months is the Southern Tier facility opening up down on the North Shore. I, I know myself and a whole bunch of friends and coworkers have been anticipating that opening for months and months and months. And finally, it opened. It is finally here. And holy cow, they have some good beers. They have some good food. They have some really nice facilities. Yeah, they really did it right. Absolutely. Um, they, they took the extra time. They got everything right because I, they overstepped what they originally estimated by a solid three or four months beyond their original opening date. Right. But when they opened, they did it right. Yeah, like I was constantly on Facebook or, you know, any kind of news or anything or city paper, just like, when's it opening? When's it opening? When's it happening? And, I mean, that's probably because I'm partial to it as being one of my favorite breweries. Absolutely. Well, they make fantastic beers. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to start, it was supposed to originally open by the start of Steeler season in 2016, but. Yeah, well, they were supposed to be able to open up in, I think thought they were having some kind of like pumpkin event. So it was supposed to be like a fall opening. Well, kids, sometimes when you start a brewery, apparently there's these little things called permits and rules and regulations <laughs> that can take a little while to get to. But hey, Southern Tier is here. It is open and it's it's pretty good. So what kind of beers do you guys like when you when you go down there? Well, the first one that I had was the cold press coffee pumpkin. Ooh. As did I. And that was fantastic. That's amazing. Yes, I could drink that all day long. Uh, have you had the rum aged? I have. Okay, so you've had that. Oh, I haven't had that, no. Did you have the rum king? I've had the coffee one, but not the the rum barrel pumpkin. The rum king, I wasn't a big fan of, but this cold pressed coffee is amazing. By far and large, it's like the best variation I've had of the pumpkin so far. I liked it too when I had it. I thought it was pretty good. Although I had my expectations very, very high for it when I found out about it. And I will say it didn't quite meet them. I wanted a little bit more coffee flavor Mm -hmm. um, in the beer. And that's just my own personal opinion. It was very good, but... I will say that uh, I was talking with some people that were able to get down there before I was able to get down there, and they all raved about it. So it, it definitely came with some press before we walked in the door. Yeah. 
Everybody that I talked to that tried that beer absolutely yeah, I think, loved it. I think that was the most checked-in beer I saw. Absolutely, without a doubt. Because I think that was a new take on the pumpkin that hadn't been released before. Correct. Right, right. Correct. That, that was brand new. Now, my question is, is that a Pittsburgh-only release, or is that available up in their Lakewood facility as well? I would imagine it'd be available up there, too. Because I know they have certain beers that are Pittsburgh-only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they, they don't brew up in the Lakewood facility. Right. Yeah, I feel like that might be one of the ones that is probably goes through both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have the col- uh, the collaboration beers they do with the, uh, the local breweries. I believe that was the Speed Date. Yeah. So were you guys a- able to try the, the Speed Date, which was the, the collaboration beer, between all, a lot of the other Pittsburgh breweries? I did not. I feel like I didn't get a hold of it. It was something that, because it was during Craft Beer Week, it's just one of those ones I wasn't able to come across in the different brewery, you know, breweries and bars I went to. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, for those that are not aware, when Southern Tier opened up their facility, what they did as sort of a welcoming to the community, they invited a whole bunch of other local brewmasters from the Pittsburgh area up to their Lakewood, New York facility, and they all collaborated on a single beer, which was the Speed Day. And it was available at the opening of the North Shore facility. And unfortunately, I was not able to get my hands on it. And fortunately, neither were uh, my other two colleagues here. So we are definitely going to have to make a trip back down there. Yeah, we'll head back down there for that one. Plus, it's a cool place. So it why is. not go back and drink some more beer? Drink yeah. some more good good beer. And also, their food is pretty good, too. I have not had the food yet. I, I was able to have uh, an, early, an early out on a Friday afternoon. So I was able to go down there for a late lunch. Had a fantastic pulled pork sandwich. I tried the uh, the Carolina Carolina mustard sauce. It was fantastic. Ooh. Yes, sounds good. It was very very good. I tell you one beer I was impressed with when I went down there. The Belgian Sleeper. Yeah, that one was amazing. Yeah, that that's, I truly enjoyed it. That's one of the best Southern tier beers I personally have ever had. That that rivals the Warlock for me. Is is top tier in Southern tier. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm, I mean, they're definitely not even the same kind of beer, though. Right, like, two different styles. Yeah. But this is a true Belgian style. Well, not even just being a Belgian style. It also is aged in the oak barrels, and it has, like, that real bourbon flavor to it. Yes. Like, yeah, it really yes. does. Like, that, that's one of the most whiskey-tasting beers I've had in a long time, and holy crap does it deliver. Now, I believe that one's right up around 12%, so that's a big guy. Yeah, that's it a is. That is a high-octane beer. You're drinking one or two at most. Yeah, yeah, it might be a one-and-done for you if you have that one but hey i'm not going to stop you from drinking two if you want or three or four yeah everybody's going down there right now to have that cold pressed coffee but if you're down there check out the sleeper and i must say um, when i was down there i was down there on a on a friday night and they are absolutely packed down there so make sure if you go down there you get down there early so you can pull up a stump at the bar and just stay there because the beer is really good, but the crowd is really good, too. And you need to make sure that you're a part of that crowd. So get down there early. Or even take a half day, go grab some lunch, belly up to the bar, try some flights, try some beers, and just enjoy yourself. And then go back to work if you can't get a half day. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, on a Friday afternoon going to work drunk, right? Yes. Yes, there is. Oh, there is? Okay. There is. There is. I've been told. I haven't tried it. I would probably get fired. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not in the 1950s, so that's generally frowned upon. I thought one of the interesting things about the Southern Tier facility is that you can buy Sixers down there. Yes. They they have they have coolers, and you can buy Sixers and cases, and you can actually do a mix and match. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I saw that when I went there. Yeah, no, it's uh, right in the front coolers. They have, you know, a mix and match 
it's not. I guess I saw the coolers. I didn't notice that you could do the mix and match yeah, yeah. six packs. It's That's not nice. it uh, like you're not gonna find anything like too crazy special in there, but you can find like the Tangier and the two time live and a lot, a lot of their a lot of their staples. Correct, their staples. Yeah, and it's pretty comparably priced too. Is it? Yeah, it's a, like uh, twelve ninety nine for a sixer. So pretty similar to what you find at you know Giant Eagle. That's not District. bad. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad that's at all. Bad. Especially for the high quality beers pack? that they have there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you're getting six good beers coming out of there, whether you've had them or not. So, right. and I believe they do growler fills as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't. I can't tell you what the pricing is on that. I can't either. I haven't had a growler filled there yet. Yeah. Keyword there is yet. Yet. <laughs> also, the other nice thing is. Uh, Aside from their own tabs, they do have they do offer some other local tabs. I believe I saw Victory. Yes, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Southern Tier and Victory have kind of come together. Uh, they're kind of oh, they're the, buddies now. They are, but they are they have kind of combined forces, Victory Brewing and Southern Tier, to kind of become a tour de force in this region. So that's why a lot of the the tabs that you see down there are Victory taps as well. They have I'd say maybe eight or ten taps that are Victory beers. I saw something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's nice. Hopefully, they have the Dirt Wolf down there because they, they did. Hey, (laughs) there was an IPA we all agreed that we enjoyed. (laughs) And if you remember from episode one, I'm the IPA guy. Steve's the Stout King and Reardon's Heffies and Fruities. (laughs) 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 Thanks, buddy. Thanks. I appreciate that. Hey, anytime, anytime. Liking fruits don't make you a bad person. That's right. Yeah, fruits are good for you, actually. And they have a lot of natural sugar. Unlike IPAs, which are terrible for you. Boo. I don't know about that. I don't know if I would go that far. I will. I will. Hops are vegetables, my man. That is true. That's true. <laughs> they grow on a vine. That is all natural. So what do you guys think of this beer? I know we've had a little bit of time to drink it a little bit, swish it around. So here's my thing with this beer. This is a very drinkable beer. I think it's very good. I like the sweetness of it. I don't know if I would buy more than a six-pack of it. I'm very intrigued to take it on a boat with me this summer, though. I like that idea. As do I. I, And to me, this might be a bit of a gateway beer, where somebody who is used to drinking the Miller Lights, the Cooler Lights, Cooler's Lights. The Cooler Lights, The Cooler Lights. (laughs) You know, you you strap the Christmas trees around the cooler, throw it in a river, now you know where it always is. You've never done that? (laughs) Now we have two things to do on that boat podcast. So now you know, but it, it, it seems like the kind of beer that you can hand to somebody that is a staunch Cooler's Light drinker. I only drink that. Hand them this. Yeah, Chances you def- are they'll like it, and then they can kind of try different things. Because now they know that there's something beyond Cooler's Light that they like. Right. Well, what else is out there? Yeah. I, like, if you find somebody who's, like, really into Corona, hand them hand this. Hand them this. Absolutely. It's better than Corona. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I like that. A gateway beer. It's yeah. a gateway beer. Essentially, I guess what we can say from our final review is, hey, let's buy the beer, and even if we don't drink it all ourselves, let's give it to our friends. Absolutely. And let them try it. They'll because drink it. They'll drink anything. Sharing is caring. Yeah, it's definitely a beer you can just show up. No even one's... sneak into a cooler if you want. Yeah. No, no one's going to be mad. <laughs> no. No one will be mad if you show up with this beer. Sneak her in, and it's like, ooh, what is this? What's this new thing? All right. Well, on that note, we finished up with the numero uno. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back at you here in no time with beer number two.
Welcome back, everybody. We are here for beer number two. All right, so we're going to keep uh, keep things rolling here. And as I look at beer number two, I'm noticing that we are going to get some more fruit flavor out of this beer. At least yeah, that's what the plan buddy. is. Because next up, we are going with the Flying Dog Bloodline. Now, the Flying Dog Bloodline is actually a blood orange ale. So it's an ale that's brewed with blood orange puree and some other natural flavors that they're not going to disclose on the bottle. All right, so this is a 7% beer. Based on the picture on the front of the bottle, which is a dog covered in blood, it looks like we are going to be in for something interesting for this one. So what do you guys think? What are your first thoughts on the beer that I don't even have poured? Nothing. I Nothing. have no thoughts whatsoever. <laughs> you don't have any thoughts? What do, what do you think of this picture that's on the front of the bottle? It's pretty creepy. It is pretty creepy. It's creepy, but why would they use a Dalmatian? I don't know. Dalmatians can be creepy. Ah, they don't ever bug me. They don't bug you, but they, they can be creepy. If you've ever seen the flying dog bottles, you will know that they have some very strange artwork on them. I don't recall the artist who does them all, but it's the same artist, and he's probably got a very twisted sense of imagination. But hey, the labels are cool, and we're about to enjoy this beer. So now that we're poured, let's uh, let's take a look, guys. Well, it's orange. It is orange. They called their shot on that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it is orange, and it's not see-through, unlike the agave nectar beer that we yeah, had earlier. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, it's not completely translucent. Um, I like the color. I no, I it's definitely it's I definitely an enticing color. And once again, the clarity is pretty strong. pretty stunning. Yeah, strong clarity, good carbonation. It's got a nice head that sits around. Uh, for me, mine actually went away rather quickly. So maybe, still got a little maybe, maybe Sam just doesn't yeah. know how to pour beer consistently. That's uh, a possibility. Uh, let's just chalk that one up to All Sam. Right. <laughs> we'll chalk it up to my mistake. But let's give this guy a sniff and see what uh, see what it smells like. I'm getting the orange right off the yep. bat. Oh yeah, has a lot of orange nose to it. Absolutely. Now that's an interesting flavor. I'm getting the orange right away. Yeah. But then it's followed quickly by some bitterness. Yeah, definitely a hot bitterness to it. Yeah, I'm starting to get some of the grapefruitiness too, since they're somewhat in the same family of citrus fruits. Yeah. Not bad. It's I don't know if tropical is the right word for it, but No. 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 <laughs> no absolutely not. All right. Yeah. Straight tropical from the record. Yeah, definitely definitely would not say tropical about it. How about a, how about is it a boat drinking beer? No. No. It could be, but I wouldn't bring it for my friends. It's definitely a cookout beer. Yeah, this is a beer you you could pair with food that you're making. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good call. I'll, I'll put it to you this way: this is not a gateway beer, the no. way that the previous one was. No, the, the, no, it is not. The complexity of the flavors and the the fact that you get the sourness and the bitterness th that's a little bit too much for some right. people. I think you kind of have to know what you're getting into before you drink it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would venture to say that most people have probably never even eaten a blood orange, so they may not be familiar with the flavor. Right, it's not your typical fruit that you see in a basket on somebody's kitchen table. That is correct. You have to go out and get it. Speaking of where you would go and get stuff like that, where would you guys get something like that? Maybe a grocery store, perhaps? I think a Whole Foods oh, would be a fantastic a place. Whole a Whole Foods or a Giant Eagle Market District? Perhaps, perhaps. So, hey, that just happens to segue nicely into the next segment, which is we're going to talk about grocery stores and beer, because uh, recently we had some fun together exploring the world of craft beer inside of a grocery store, which for Pennsylvania has been a bit a, of a new thing. A bit it of is, a new yes. thing in recent it years. It's been and a hot topic, especially in the last couple of months with the recent changes. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, rule changes where the rules have softened up a little bit, and now the regulations around selling beer in a supermarket have kind of are a little bit more lax. 
Jacques. So and not only the beers, but also the wines as well. Now, granted, I'm not much of a wine drinker, yeah. but it's certainly nice to have that option there now. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's something new. That's for everything. I mean, our laws are changing like all the time. Yes, our distributors are just now getting the ability to sell fours and sixes and even singles. we can go to singles. Yes, yeah, they can go to singles if they want. Our gas stations are finally getting beer, and now our grocery stores are getting full bars. So Pennsylvania Welcome is finally Welcome to the 21st up. century, yes. Pennsylvania. Yeah. We're happy to have you. The <laughs> laws are going away, finally. So we recently explored two grocery stores, and we just wanted to see what, what the offerings were, so we chose the Whole Foods, which the Whole Foods actually just opened up recently in the South Hills of Pittsburgh, and we also chose the South Hills Market District. So let's talk about the Whole Foods first. Any, uh, any initial thoughts when you guys walked in there and you saw 25 giraffes on tap and probably about 500 bottles? Um, as a poor person who doesn't go to Whole Foods a whole lot, I mean ever, <laughs> <laughs> I was thoroughly impressed with like how all out they went with it. Like it's a complete bar. Yeah, like 100%. I could, couldn't care less about the grocery store around right. it. <laughs> and what's nice is you can walk straight there. Yeah, you yeah. Don't have to we cut made through the grocery line store. for the bar. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you can walk straight there. You're allowed to carry your drink around and look at the other offerings they have in the coolers. And I tell you what, the other thing that impressed me right away is the price. It's very competitive. Yeah. Incredibly competitive. Yes. You get like $4 craft beers. Yes. Yeah, for a 16-ounce pour. And, and they're not just sort of what you would consider run-of-the-mill craft beer. They are local stuff. I was able to get something from, from Dancing Gnome. I believe it was a smoked stout last night. Mm -hmm. And Dancing Gnome has just opened up. They've only been around for three or four months. Yeah, something and, like that. Yeah. And Whole Foods was able to work with them and get a beer on tap there. To me, that is really impressive. Yeah. Because Dancing Gnome is, they're new and they're a smaller operation, but the sheer fact that a, a corporation like Whole Foods was able to work with them and get a beer there on tap that really impressed me. Yeah, the fact Absolutely. That, yeah, the fact that they're trying to make those kind of inroads with mm. all the local breweries is good. Yeah, it's nice to see. I've been there a couple times now, and yeah, they really try to feature PA beers, so local Pittsburgh ones, and even expanding out. One of my new favorite breweries that's just starting to branch out into Pittsburgh is called Pizza Boy. How did I know you were going to see And they're out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> And they brew some tremendous IPAs. In fact, that's one of the reasons I like them so much is because that's pretty much all they brew. Well, I, I don't want to say all they brew, but a lot of their beers are IPA-centered. The ones that, that they are known for are their IPAs. Yeah, yeah their, exactly. Their catalog is definitely deep. <laughs> yes, very, yes. very hop-centric. So you can get those there. I've seen Grist House there, which is another local brewery in Millville, Pennsylvania, right uh, northeast of Pittsburgh. But yeah, I, I really liked it. And even Steve and I, to go, we were able to pick up a nice bomber of a mint chocolate coffee stout from Stone. So we even took one to go because it's it's fun to go around and browse the six-pack coolers and the single bombers while you yeah. sip on a nice draft beer yes. that's very affordably priced. And I tell you what, like that bomber from Stone, it was only five dollars. Yeah, five in, bucks. That's incredibly cheap. You know what else is five dollars? One of those big jugs of Mississippi <laughs> mud, black and tan. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, I'd never seen that anywhere else except for that Whole Foods. Yeah, that's so, the first time I ever saw it. What else did we see there? I mean, it's not beer, but we saw mead. Yes, the Kingview. Yeah, it was Kingview, Kingview Meadery. Yeah, yeah. And yes. I had never even heard of them. And never they're, heard they're of them Pittsburgh either. local. I have never heard of them. Yeah, new meadery here in Pittsburgh. So that's great to see that even in their six pack and their bomber uh, cases, they are featuring local Pittsburgh beer mm -hmm. and mead and, and other things. So, and they also have an extensive wine selection. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. So it's I, just, it's I didn't spend nearly as much time there as what I did in the six-pack shop. 
I don't even know if I went down one of the wine aisles, but it's there for those that are into that type yeah. of thing. So, my, wife would, my wife would like it. But it's just nice now to go into a grocery store, and it's almost like that is a destination because it feels like a bar, like we said earlier. Like you're going to a bar. Yeah. You can go to a separate spot in the grocery store where you can get beer on draft, you can get cocktails made, you can get glasses of wine, and if you want... You can pull up a seat at the bar and order some food, too. Yeah, and that's one of the best things I see going for both, you know, Whole Foods and Market District, is you can get, like, a full meal. One stop. Yeah, just one stop. One of the things I know I've done before is gone to the Market District, and I'll just sit down at the bar, and I'll have, you know, maybe one or two, and have a nice meal, and then I can actually just go out and do my grocery shopping. And, like, I don't feel hungry, I've already had my lunch, I don't have to go anywhere else. And it's just great because... All the food and all the beer is either comparable or better to, like, local restaurants in the area. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I enjoy the food at both places. I've uh, The last time we were at Whole Foods, I had some catfish, which was pretty good. And I've had a variety of meals uh, over the years at the Market District. And their, their food is comparable. And the, the price is right. I tell right. you, on the beer and the food in those places. It's, it's just nice to do. A nice one-stop shop. I want to say with the, the Market District, they also did a good job of trying to get some local brews on tap there. Yeah, they, they do a pretty decent job as well. And that, that, was a, that was a nice thing. Their tap list was, was also a very good list to belly up to the bar, too. I, I was impressed with what they had. Yeah, one of the nice things I noticed about the Market District that they do is every month they do a Growler of the Month fill, and it's a $10 Growler fill. They're not just trying to get rid of their mediocre beer that nobody's drinking when we were there we saw it was a founder's porter which i don't know if any of you guys have had the founder's porter but it's a it's a good beer yeah, yeah. it's it's very solid full of flavor and for only ten dollars at the market district you can get a growler of that like you said they're not just trying to get rid of their back stock Exactly. It's, some, it's something that actually falls in line with the season. Gives you something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know back 2014, when you were getting married, we were in October, and I went to a market district and got a growler fill of uh, a well-known you know, pumpkin stout. Pumpkin Yeah, the pumpkin uh, Yeah, I yes. remember the pumpkin uh, We yes. drank it right yeah, before yeah. my wedding. Yeah, and I was able to get a growler of that for 10 bucks. Yeah, exactly. You can't beat the price on that. No, you cannot. And the yeah. Pumpkachino is a fantastic beer. Oh, so when boy. it comes around this fall, get make it. sure you go out and get it. Get we'll it. be talking about that one coming into fall when we talk about pumpkin Absolutely. beers. But that is one of the best. It's a pumpkin cappuccino stout, and it is tasty. Okay, well, hold on. So let's circle back to segment one. Sure. We all love the coffee the coffee pumpkin. Yes. How do we think that it compares to the Pumpkachino? I like that better. The Pumpkachino? No, no, no. Of the coffee. Cold press coffee. Cold press. Cold I like that one better. better. I'm going Punkachino. I think I like the Punkachino better. That's fair. Better. Yeah. That's fair. I think it, 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 the Punkachino is it's a lot more full mm. because like because it is a stout and everything. It, right. It's just a lot more full in your mouth and it's really good. That yeah, it has good. a nice smooth mouth feel yeah. to it. And to me, to me, the cold press was just a little little more smooth. The nice thing is, hey, here in Pittsburgh, if you haven't been to a grocery store that serves beer and has a full bar, check it out. I know all the market districts do in the area. All of them have beer on draft. Uh, the Whole Foods do as well, at least the two that I know of. Uh, the one in the North Hills and in the South Hills, they both have a full restaurant pub in there. It's a cool thing that we're starting to get to experience here in Pittsburgh. And If you haven't checked it out, maybe you should. All right, let's circle back to this Bloodline beer that you're drinking. What are your a lot of circling back here. We do circle yeah. back to a lot of things. Well, let's well, talk. Shapes are fun. (laughs) 
So what are, <laughs> that's going on a shirt. <laughs> We're gonna make a shirt. And it's just because shapes are fun. Shapes are fun. So what do you think? What do you guys think of this? I enjoyed it. I think it's a really bloodline blood orange ale from Flying Dog. Yeah, I, it's a. I, I think it's a really good beer. It's not one that you could like drink all day for a tailgate. I I liked it as well. I think it's I think it's a good beer. Um, it's one that hides the seven percent very nicely. I think it does the, do the, that. It I does think do the that. bitterness and the citrusiness that you get from every sip. Uh, that really stands out, which is good. I don't know if I would buy this beer. I don't think I liked it quite that much. But hey, if someone's going to bring it and say, hey, Sam, would you like a bloodline? I'm not going to say no. See, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat here. I wouldn't seek it out. I'm not upset by it. I'm not I'm not angry at it. But I don't think I would seek it out. It was it was okay to me. Mm. That's It was it was okay. That's it. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. Like you know, like we've said already, you know, the the taste complexity is a bit much for people to just kind of jump into. You know, it's got the orange and the citrus and the hop and the bitterness and the sour. Right. To me, so. it just it just didn't do much for me. Okay. Yeah. One of the nice things, if you are looking to seek out this beer and the Numero Uno that we talked about uh, in segment one, those beers are actually offered year-round. They're part of Flying Dog's year-round selection. So you can buy these beers at any point during the year. So, hey, they're always available and ready for you to try and form your own opinion. Yeah, don't be afraid to try it. But I guess we're saying we might not be in love with it. Nope, I I am certainly not in love with it. We may not be trying it again, but hey, (laughs) that means there's more for you. Well... Any other thoughts, gentlemen, or should we take a quick break and then come back with our last beer? Let's, I think we'll come back with the last yeah, one. All right, and we got a good one for you coming up here in segment three. We got um, it's a rarity. It's one uh, from the Flying Dog Brewhouse Rarity series. So I'm looking forward to it. Stay tuned, and we'll tell you what it is when we get back. folks we are back and ready to drink more beer and like i mentioned the last one we have for you from flying dog today is a real treat it's part of their brew house rarity series and something that i believe is a new beer for all of us steve why don't you tell us what you got over there all right we'll be drinking the sea salt caramel brown it's an ale brewed with vanilla bean and natural flavors. Yeah, you're definitely right. This is a new one for me. It's a new one for me as well. That's why I'm excited to try it. Yeah. Now, I've had the Brewhouse Rarity that was a mint julep. Okay. It, I'll be honest, wasn't my favorite. What What didn't you like about it? It didn't really have the mint or the julep to it. Oh, all right. <laughs> like, I was expecting, you know, something... With a bit of a fresh minty flavor to it. Like you take it back to Churchill Downs. Yeah. And it wasn't even really that fresh either. Hmm. Like I just didn't get a whole lot from it. That's kind of disappointing. Yeah, it really was. Well, let's pour that bad boy out. Let's take a look. Maybe they can redeem themselves with this one. So for those that may not be familiar, while Steve's pouring, I'll just share with you a little bit about the Rarity series. So that's where Flying Dog does some more of their experimental beers. They usually come out with a new one every couple months, and they tend to not repeat. So if you like what you hear from us today, and you're thinking about, hey, I want to try that sea salt caramel brown, go and pick it up, because these are limited availability and only around for a limited time. So make sure you try this one soon, whereas the other beers you can grab at any point during the year. So, Steve, what uh, what sort of ABV does this have? Okay, like the uh, blood on, Bloodline, this is a 7%. Again, it's going to be a pretty solid drinking beer, I believe. 
And the first thing I'm noticing is uh, none of us really have a head. No, no, it's no head at all. Rather thin. Rather dark. It's got a good caramel color to That's it. That's the way I would describe it as well. A nice dark amber. This is actually a little bit lighter than I was initially thinking it would be. I, I was really... thinking it was going to be a very, very dark beer. You were thinking? I bet you were thinking it was going to be along the lines of that city in color that had a really dark brown to it. Yeah, but it really doesn't. It's not as dark. It has a nice color to it. Yeah. Um, I like it. I was just picturing something a little darker, but. Yeah. Hey, once again, the clarity is there. You don't see any Absolutely. sediment or anything nope. floating around in nope. the beer, which is always a good sign of a good brew. So I must say, uh, taking a big old snooter full of this, I can definitely smell the vanilla in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, getting quite a few There's notes of vanilla coming no at you right in your face. about it. Yeah, that's full on dessert. Yeah. I'm smelling dessert. Yeah. <laughs> so a little, I guess a little of the caramel, too. Yeah. It is appropriate that this is the third beer that we uh, are testing today, this being a dessert beer. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Oh, that is good. Yeah. That oh, this is terrible. is a tasty beer. Oh, this has gone awful. <laughs> You're a liar. I am a damn dirty liar. There is no way beer. you don't like this beer. <laughs> Nobody does not like this beer. Oh, wow. And I tell you what's oh, interesting. Wow. Gimme. I am getting some of the sea salt on the back end. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. I was about to say. Yep. You can it, actually taste it. It lingers in your yeah, mouth. That aftertaste great. something else. Wow. Mmm. This almost has like a somewhat mild syrupy flavor to it as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. but it's a nice mixture of the caramel and the vanilla, and you get that little salt on the back end. It tastes like you're oh, yeah. drinking a liquid version of those salted caramel candies that come yeah, in the exactly. plastic yeah, wrap yeah, yeah, that you yeah. can usually find at the bottom <laughs> of an old lady's purse. <laughs> right next the, to the Werther's. Yeah, right next to the Werther's Originals. I'll take this any day of the week. This is really good. Yeah, absolutely. This is fantastic. This so, might be one of my favorite beers from them now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but now that I've tasted it and I've gone back and and taken a smell of it, I can smell a little bit of the sea salt in it. Oh yeah? Yeah. Well, let me give it another sniff here and see what we got going on. To me I can I can detect just a just a hint of it. I'm not really getting that, but I am getting more caramel. I'm getting some caramel and some vanilla, but hey, I don't have the nose of a bloodhound, so <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I'm not I'm not picking up any sea salt, but hey, I like sea salt, so as long as I'm tasting it on the back end, it's okay in my book. Cool, cool. All so, right, so what are we doing while we continue to enjoy this delicacy here that we found? Well, uh, in continuing with our series of getting to know the hosts, we're going to play the Pear Down again. Excellent, excellent. Ooh. And this week, uh, we have Adam. I am I am willing and ready. Are All you right. prepared for the Pear Down? I hope so. The Pear Down. The Pear Down. All right, buddy. As many people may not know, but will know now, you're an Eagle Scout. I am. So I you am. spent many years camping. Class of 2000. Very simple. What is the best beer for camping? The best beer for camping. Now, I will preface this uh, with saying that the best beer is any beer that is near a campfire. Okay. A that nice, makes sense. A <laughs> <Yeah>. nice, cool <laughs> evening, a, a late September, early October, right next to a campfire. Any beer you have next to it is fantastic. However... If I have to nail one down, I'd have to go with Smoke on the Porter by mm. Terrapin. And that was actually one that I picked up from you, Steve. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, that's one that's pretty new, I believe. It, it and is, I, I don't just, even think uh, I've had that one yet. And yeah, I love I, Terrapin beers. Yeah, it's one I found, again, in a market district. Uh, it was sitting right next to the Wake and Bake. Oh, and, the Wake and Bake. Now, there's a tasty treat. Yeah, and I was, like, debating between the two of them. <laughs> I think you made the right choice. Yeah, yeah. I went with the newer one. And oh boy, yes. that one fantastic. He uh, did me a solid, left a couple in my beer fridge. And when I oh, opened it nice up and I saw that, yeah. well, I'm going to have to give this a try. And that is basically a campfire in a can. It absolutely is. 
So if you have a campfire in a can right next to a campfire, you're in heaven. It'd be way better than having chocolate Mississippi mud next to a campfire. Well, I don't know. I've never had a Mississippi mud next to a campfire. So well, we don't know. We could, that could be the key to the whole thing. No. It's not good anywhere else, so odds are it isn't going to be good by a campfire. <laughs> Just because you have fire doesn't mean it's going to immediately enhance the taste of a <laughs> shitty beer. <laughs> Moving on. Yes, let's. We were talking about boating earlier. Yes. And I know you've been out sailing and boating a number of times. I, I am part of a sailing family. Uh, my dad is a sailor. My brother is a sailor. So I, I am pretty good at being ballast on the sailboat. I'm very well versed at being dead weight. All right. Well, that's good. Keep everything balanced. So while you're keeping everything balanced, what is the beer you're drinking? Well, usually, I'm on my brother's boat nowadays, and the boat that he has is what is called a Hobie Cat. It's a catamaran, and it is a very interactive boat. So unfortunately, chances are, if the winds are any sort of gusting or anything like that, you don't have time to drink because it is, it is a very interactive boat. However, once we're back on shore... The one that I, I've recently tried a couple of months ago, and it is fantastic, it's called the Flying Jenny. It is a pale ale from Graysale Brewing. They're out of uh, Rhode Island. Okay. Uh, I've only had it once. For those that don't know, uh, Flying Jenny is a bit of a sailing term. Uh, what that is, is Jenny is short for a Genoa sail. Okay. It's a style of sail similar to what you would have on a jib. Sure. As long as it's not short for Jenny Cream Ale, it then is I'm not. still listening. It is That's- not. That's where I thought he was going to Flying no. Jenny Hale. No, 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 we don't want that. Nobody wants so that. So Flying Jenny, is that is a, a sailing term. Fortunately, it is also a very good beer to be drinking after you're done sailing for the day. It's very light, very crisp. So it's a pale ale? Yes. Okay. Yes. Nice, crisp beer to kind of bring you back down after a hard day of sailing. Low ABV. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it's nice. I'd say it's about 45 5%. Mm, okay. It is, it's, it's a good drinker. Sounds good, sounds good. Yeah. I wouldn't mind trying that. Never heard of the brewery, never heard of the beer, but hey, well, it gives I, me an adventure to go If on. I ever uh, have the opportunity to find it again, I'll grab you guys a couple of cans. Hey, thanks. Sounds good, sounds good. Now, uh, as a fan of the auto shows and the auto auctions, and just cars in general. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But uh, if, say, let's hear, say you're walking around on an auto show. What do you want with you? What do I want with me? Well, unfortunately, at most of the auto shows that I go to, you uh, have your choice of either a Moonlight or a Yingling. Yeah, I know. So, for so what do you want with what you? What do I want? <laughs> well, if between those two choices, I will absolutely go for a Yingling. No, no, no. What do you no, want? I, <laughs> what do you actually want with me? What do I want? Well, with that, I want something, again, that is something kind of light, because mm-hmm. you're going to be doing a lot of walking, so you don't want something that's going to be heavy. So, unfortunately, that takes out a lot of the porters and the stouts. Yeah. So you want something that's light, and I'm not going to say Jenny Cream. Yeah, you can say it. It's your <laughs> that, is true. that is true. It's my beer. I can drink it's what I period. damn well please. So actually, with that one, it's a, a local beer from North Country Brewing. Okay. It's called the Firehouse Red. Oh, okay, yeah. It's Firehouse Red. Yes. That's, a, that's a really good standard from them. Yes, and, and it's, it's a good, easy drinker. And not only that, but if for some reason you find yourself in a car and you spill it, it's not going to stain nearly as much as what a porter or a stout will. <laughs> so, now, why are you drinking that in a car? Because you get to sit in them. Yeah. You want, oh, you've never been to an the auto, auto show? show. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been to one a long time ago. I'm yeah. not much of a car guy. I remember I'm classic video game. Right, right, That's right. fair. That's fair. Honorable men can differ. <laughs> yeah, you want to be able to sit uh, in cars that you'll never be able to afford. Correct. Correct. I just, just wanted to, to make sure <laughs> we weren't encouraging anybody to drink the Firehouse Red while they're cruising down. No, no absolutely not. not. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Keys are nowhere in sight. Perfect. Yes. All right. Yes. Then I'm behind you. <laughs> we know that you're in the cars. We know that you're into boating. We know that you're into camping. 
you're also into a little bit of gambling, this and that. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll go on the craps tables and try my luck a little bit. So what are you drinking when you're throwing the dice? So with this one, and, and you might be a little upset with me on this one. That's fine. I probably. actually picked this up from a friend of mine. Uh, Dos Equis. Huh. Yes. Dos Equis. Dos Equis, yes. I'm not upset, I'm just confused. Um, well, the reason behind that is um, a friend of mine that I, I usually hit the craps tables with. Uh-huh. Uh, that is what, That is his go-to beer. While he's on the table. This is a superstition thing, then. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Maybe so, you are an addict. You know, gambling addicts <laughs> have superstitions. It yeah. usually causes them to lose a lot well, of money. Well, here's the thing. It's his superstitions. And I'm not I'm not going to break the streak. Fair I don't want to be the reason behind it. You so, don't want to be the cooler. Yeah. I'll, I'll be the guy that drinks the Dos Equis. I will take the high road. And I'm okay with that. All right, all right. I get so, you. So, yes, yes, it's not exactly what I want, but that's what I'm going with. Is it breaking tradition if you're holding your nose and shoveling it down your throat while you're at the craft table? Not if you start that, that way. <laughs> okay. Not Maybe that could be a new tradition. I think, I think it's just as long as the do, Dos Equis gets drunk. <laughs> Absolutely. And it does. It does. Well, uh, very admirable of you. So Dos Equis I'm a team player. What can I say? Now. I'm a team player. Okay, so on top of all the things that we've learned about you, you also already mentioned that you've been uh, sailing with your brother. Yes, yes. And you go sailing up in the New England area because he lives in Rhode Island? He does live in Rhode Island. Actually, uh, there are two brothers involved here. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know how much the other one goes out. (laughs) (laughs) He is a sailor as well. He is actually at the Naval War College up in Newport, Rhode Island, Mm -hmm. and he is part of their sailing team up there. They are both... They're both uh, very active in the sailing side of things. I am I am less so. I prefer to have my fun on land rather than on the water. Fair enough. Like you mentioned, you enjoy being dead weight. In that it. is correct. <laughs> I have zero problem being ballast. But anyway, what, what I'm getting at is you've been to New England a number of times. Yes. So what's the New England beer? Well, Aside from, from that Flying Jenny. For me, it, it is, uh, funny enough, another Rhode Island beer. Okay. And it is from the good people of Narragansett Brewing. It is not the Narragansett Lager. It is actually a collaboration. It is the Autocrat Coffee Milk Stout. Huh. Hmm. Yes. Well, that and, sounds good. And Autocrat Coffee, uh, they are another New England staple. So they came together with a collaboration. And they made this milk stout. Mm. And it is absolutely fantastic. It goes very well with a cold New England evening. Is that like a high ABV one? Not particularly. Hmm. No, it's it's around 5, 5, 6%. So it's, it's a good drink. I thought you were going to say Sam Adams there for a minute. No. That's like the traditional New England no, beer right no, up no, there. No. Everybody's <laughs> drinking that. They yeah, love it up there. Sam Adams. Do you know that they redid the Rebel IPA recipe? Oh. Tell me they're still using the spray can for their tap handles. <laughs> <laughs> you can't change that, please. Uh, I think we just nuked our uh, Sam Adams deal. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm okay with that. Sorry, Sam Adams. Sorry about that. I I will say, we are using a Sam Adams bottle opener, though, right now, so what the heck. We like the cold snap. (laughs) I do like the cold snap. And actually, they're they're not bad. Oktoberfest is very good, too. Yeah, they do have good beers. Look, in a a row of Sam Adams, Dos Equis, Mississippi Mud, I'm going (laughs) going Sam Adams every time. And I'll probably enjoy it. Look, I'm not. I've been to the Sam Adams Brewery up in Boston before, and it's a really cool tour. Uh, The people are really nice, and you can have some really rare beers that they brew up there that you cannot get. Uh, outside of New England, so yeah. I don't want to knock them. I, yeah. I I do like them, and they're yeah. some of the pioneers of craft beer. Absolutely. So you can't they hate. Are. Yeah, they're good people. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, what we really need to 
focus on is the fact that we're killing our Mississippi mud sponsorship. <laughs> yes. And I think the three of us are perfectly we're fine, fine with that. <laughs> we can survive. Right. Cool, cool. Well, I think we learned a little bit more about Adam, so let's go back to our caramel sea cell from Flying Dog. Get our final thoughts on this. I Are really you? liked it. Yeah, absolutely. That's all I have to say about it. I really liked it. This is a beer that I would serve my mother, for sure. And she's one of those people that... She's always looking for something interesting, but most of the beers you give her, she doesn't really like. They might be too hoppy for her, mm-hmm. or they might have a weird flavor, but this one she would really enjoy. She's always been a fan of caramel and uh, vanilla. If I can find some more of these beers, I'm going to buy some for myself and some for her. Yeah. I'll, I'll say, much like Southern Tears Creme Brulee, this isn't something I see myself drinking a whole lot of. No. It's one very, and done. Yeah, it's very sweet, but holy hell, could you pair this with a dessert? Yes. Yeah. It, it would just be fantastic with I would actually really enjoy this while I eat creme brulee. Yeah, well, yeah, you could eat a regular creme brulee. <laughs> I, like, I like where this is going. Yeah, oh, man, it's making me hungry now. <laughs> I think uh, I think our final impression on this beer is that if you see it, buy it. Yeah, it's the Flying absolutely. Dog Sea Salt Caramel Brown, and like I mentioned, it's part of their Brew House Rarities series, so it won't be around long, and before you know it, they'll be putting out something new and delicious for us to try. Get it while you can. So let's go to the uh, the metal stand. What is what is your first? What is your second? What is your third on today's episode? Steve, what do you got? Uh, I'm definitely gonna put the uh, sea salt caramel brown number one. That's that's number one with a bullet. <laughs> nah. That one's great. I'm a little torn on the bloodline and the numero uno. I'm thinking I'm gonna put. I kind of like the complexity of the bloodline a lot more than the numero uno. So I'm gonna have to say that's number two, and uh, numero uno <laughs> is number numero trace. But with not much of a gap between them. No, nah, not really. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, I think they're pretty comparable beers, but uh, the Bloodline, it, being with it being at a 7% and a little higher ABV, that's more of something you just want to pair with a meal rather than, you know, go day drinking with. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Sam, what do you have on your list? So definitely going with the Sea Salt Caramel Brown for gold. That was definitely the best one for me. I, I can't get over how they have achieved that sea salt on the back end. I, I want to learn how they did that so I can brew a beer like that myself and see if I can get that taste. I really like it. So that one's gold for me. The numero uno is going to, going to be in my numero dos position, and it will pick up the silver medal. Uh, I like that one, and I really like the idea of drinking it on a boat while I or while I water ski. I'm going to hopefully get to try <laughs> that. especially made cans? Yes, if they make cans, I'm going to try that this summer. And last but not least for me, I'm throwing the bloodline down there. I liked it, but I didn't love it. It's not something that I would buy, so it's going to get the bronze. For me, I, I have to agree with Sam here. Number one was definitely the sea salt caramel brown. That was, without a doubt, the runaway winner. Second place, going to have to go with the agave wheat. The numero uno is the numero dos. To me, it was just a, a clean beer, just a good, easy drinker. And the the bloodline, the blood orange ale, that was definitely in third place. To me, it was, it was okay, and that's about it. It was just an okay beer to me. Fair enough, fair enough. Hey, that works. Well, I think that about does it for us on episode two. Yeah, I think that's about it, guys. Well, good episode two. I really liked uh, the Flying Dog Brewery. Yeah, uh, they I, got I, plenty of more beers, and we might do some more episodes of them. Yeah, it could be. And they are out of Frederick, Maryland, so it's a quick three-and-a-half-hour drive from Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, maybe not 
depending on how fast you drive on the turnpike, can be <laughs> even shorter. But hey, I've I've been there. It's a it's a great place. You can get some really unique stuff there. Um, buy a lot of merchandise. You can buy bottles by the single, by the six pack. You can find pretty much everything in their Brewhouse Rarity series there right. uh, that they're currently brewing. Uh, really, really cool spot uh, to spend a summer afternoon. So if you find yourself in the Frederick area, definitely make it a point to uh, to check out Flying Dog. They're uh, they're good people down there. And just in case you go, whatever you do, do not bring Nicolas Cage with you. And here is why. They have a wall and it has all the it has a list of people that are banned from the brewery and Nicolas Cage is on there. He's the only one that I can remember off the top of my head. So <laughs> if you're going to check out for Flying Dog, make sure you don't bring Nick Cage with can you. Can you at least just leave him in the car? <laughs> yeah, crack a window, make sure he's okay. Yeah, you don't want to kill the guy. I no, mean, oh no. No, he is a Hollywood tour he, de force. We don't want to do that. He's a national treasure. He is. Ah, <laughs> All right, on that note, we're out of here. We'll see you for episode three. And remember, if you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us all over social media. Uh, you can find us at Hop Nation USA on Twitter, Hop Nation USA on Facebook, or you can email us at hopnationusa at gmail.com. Uh, send us your questions, comments, any beer suggestions, or anything at all. We want to hear the positive. We want to hear the negative. We want to hear the ambivalent. We just want to hear from you. So please, get a hold of us. Happy drinking. Bye.